eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Wednesday, September 9th, and we are delighted that you are joining us today. If you have a financial question, send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com, askjill at jillonmoney.com. This is from Anonymous. You see, you can be anonymous if you'd like. And here is the message. For many years, I have had a taxable account with Fidelity with some mutual funds. I really don't do anything with them. I mostly sell when I need money for a big purchase, like our apartment. There's currently a little over $100,000 in unrealized capital gains. When I spoke to an advisor at Fidelity recently, she suggested selling these investments, paying the capital gains taxes, and then moving forward with a strategy that includes tax harvesting. Two questions. What should I do with an account that has a lot of gains that will require me to pay a bunch of taxes, about 15 grand, even though I just want to reinvest the money or keep it invested? I expect capital gains taxes could increase in the future. And should I let a Fidelity advisor manage my money so that tax harvesting and tax policy is generally a part of my strategy? The percentage fee was pretty low. I know the standard advice is to invest in index funds and just leave it alone, but that still leaves the question of when to pay taxes on the gains. To be clear, I'm not trying to avoid paying taxes. I believe in taxes and paying my fair share. I think I want to avoid a big hit all at once, and I don't want to do something stupid. So, I mean, I guess that this is, it's a twofold question. One is, do you need to actually realize these gains for any specific reason? In other words, is the account out of balance? Could you simply get the account in balance by adding to the fund? So that's one question. My second question would be, I'd love to see what assets you own, which funds you actually do own, and what the advisor would actually then recommend as assets to include. I'm not a, a fan of paying taxes when you don't have to. And so I, I guess that un, unless I understood why you were doing this and what was the, the rationale, it's hard for me to get on board with it. And, and as far as do you need an advisor... I don't know. It sort of depends on what else is going on in your life. So I tell you what, I'd like more info. Can you send me just a rundown of the funds you own and the cost basis of those funds? And I can take a little look-see and then help you out a little bit more. 
I do believe you're right that capital gains rates could rise, um, especially if we see a change in administration. But I don't know. I'm not sure we should go ahead and do this. So more info, please. Donna writes, I'm wondering what your thoughts are if my husband, who's 54, and I, I'm 60, purchase a second home. We would use it down the road for retirement. We owe $5,000 on our current mortgage. We have three full-time college kids still at home. Also have two wonderful kids we adopted who are um, young, seven and four. And so we're starting over. For now, we would rent it to our daughter and her longtime boyfriend until we were ready to move. We have a very healthy 401k for retirement. Thanks for your thoughts. I don't mind that idea, especially if you've got the renters there in the, in the family. It could be a very good idea. I want to understand a little bit about what the longer-term game plan, so what would you do with the primary residence? Would you sell it eventually? How are you going to kick the kids out when you're ready to move? That's a question. Anyway, I like it generally as an idea, though, especially if you have a renter. Christian writes, I love your podcast and I thoroughly enjoyed your book. I'm 28. My wife is 25. Our combined income is about $110,000 a year. We have about $60,000 in retirement plans between the two of us. I currently hold about $22,000 in an American Funds Roth IRA account, $24,000 in my employer's principal 403B plan with a target date fund of 2055. My wife has about $12,000 in a state retirement account. My American funds expenses are about 0.7%. My principal 403B is at 0.95%. Should I switch my managed American funds out to something like a Vanguard passive index fund? Should I try to build my own portfolio for my 403B to bring down the expenses there? Thanks for your help trying to make the best decision now while my money has plenty of time to grow. Well, I mean, look, the Roth IRA, you could move that Roth IRA, okay? You really could. You could move that over to a index fund, not a problem. I mean, American funds are decent funds, but you will pay less by moving to a Vanguard, an index fund environment. About the principal, I know that that's a drag. Um, and I, since it's a 403B, it's probably just the money you're putting in. What I would be encouraging you both to do is that even if you had to shortchange putting money into your 403B, I would both of you max out your Roth plans. So I would open a Roth for your wife as well. And I would both of you contribute money to each of a, your Roth accounts because you can. And, you know, you can put six grand in there for each of you, which is 12 grand. And then whatever money left, you can use your 403B and her state system plan. But even if you had to put less in your 403B, I'm totally fine with that. Really, it's not a problem. I just would love for you to keep using a Roth account for the bulk of your retirement savings and round, you know, kind of top it off with the 403B. Okay? Hope that helps. Carrie writes, okay, I love your show. My daughter has become a big fan. My question is about our investment advisor. Nice guy, strong reputation in town. It's a boutique firm. My husband and I have had a joint account with him for a few years. We hired him initially to advise on our 401ks and hold portfolio. We then transferred our other stocks to him at Schwab to invest. I'm sure he took us on only because our 401ks are over a million dollars. 
and we are nearing retirement. So I imagine he believes we'll be bigger clients in a few years. Stocks are worth about 150 grand. This year, he's charged us about $1,000 so far. His fee, about 1%. As I look at our retirement account online, it seems like they've bought stocks about twice the whole year. I send 3,500 bucks a month to the account. Cash has grown from 18 to 35,000. Should all this cash just be sitting there? Are two stock buys in a year reasonable? I'm embarrassed that I haven't looked more closely before now. Thank you so much for your help. Um, I mean, look, I don't know what he's really promised you. Uh, is it stocks that you own? Individual stocks, not mutual funds? That's, I find interesting. I would not necessarily be in any hurry to move the account over until I understood what's the guy's philosophy. And if he can explain that to you, I think that that would be really helpful. If you've got just a huge stock account and it's all individual stocks and there is some money in there, maybe um, he thought that it would be important for you to have a little cash buffer in case markets went down again. I don't know, but he's got to have some sort of philosophy that he articulates to you. So I would ask him to do that. And that way you would absolutely feel much more confident if you were going to move that other million dollar account over. But maybe you don't need him at all. Maybe you can just put, do it yourself. There's something to be said for that. Mariko says, hi, Jill, you're awesome. That's so nice. Thank you. I'm expecting to inherit a substantial sum, mid six figures, from my aunt. I'm 55. My husband is 62. My husband would like to scale back to part-time by next year, and I'd like to keep working until he turns 70. That way we can postpone collecting his Social Security until then. Currently, our combined income is $200,000. We've got a million and a half dollars in assorted IRAs. 325000 in a brokerage account, 150000 in our emergency fund. We have no debt, the mortgage is paid off, and the kids are done with college. What should I do with the inheritance money? Thanks in advance. Very grateful for any advice. Ah, well, I mean, how have you invested the money in the IRAs? You know, generally speaking, if you've got this, you know, big chunk of money, you know, let's call it a half a million bucks. Um, and you're adding it to your almost $2 million right now, um, I would say that the money that you invest outside of retirement should be used as a more conservative portfolio than the one in the retirement account. And maybe this money is really going to be important because perhaps when your husband starts scaling back, and your income drops down, maybe you could use some of this money to convert some of the money that's in the IRA to a Roth IRA. You know, it's an interesting thing to consider that this money comes from out of the blue. And right now, as you said, you're, you know, you're in, let's say the 22% tax bracket, but again, his, his income will be reduced. Maybe you'll start to use this time where you can convert money from your traditional IRAs into Roth IRAs and stay in the 22% tax bracket. Maybe that's an idea that you could use some of this money. And if that's the case, if you were to use some of this money, one neat thing would be that you would keep some of the money in cash, but then you would start investing it with a more conservative mindset. That's really what I would say. Okay, Sally says, I want to thank you for being an important part of my day for the last six months. It must take a lot of energy and effort to put out new podcast content 
every day. And I know you've done that as your way to giving back to others. It has meant so much to me. I am a very anxious person and anxiety has not been a good trait to have during a pandemic. You have been a calming friend to me. The first thing I do every morning is listen to you, even before coffee. The ritual has been something stable and consistent for me in a world seemingly turned upside down. I've listened to so many financial shows over the years, and there is no comparison to you. You're smart, funny, humble, and have the perfect balance of realism without injecting fear. I can't thank you enough. I hope there will be a place to listen to you for years to come. And I also love when you pop up on CBS Sunday morning, sending gratitude and well wishes to you and your family. Sally, I could almost cry, Mark. That is such a beautiful, beautiful email and so appreciated. You know, it is true that Mark and I made this decision six months ago, actually on March 14th, to make this a daily podcast because we felt like it was the only thing we could do to answer all the questions that you all had. And listen, it's been therapeutic for me to talk to you every day and to talk to Mark every day, even though he's sort of sick of me. But that said, I am so grateful that this has meant something to you all who listen and also grateful to those of you who have sent us questions as well. So that's a wonderful place to end. So let's end the podcast on that note. Wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain that physical distancing and do what Sally did. Just put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Do something nice for someone else. That's what Sally did for me today. And I hope that's what I do for you every day that we broadcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 